Hey everyone, this is Josh back with Cardboard Chronicles, and today I'm joined by Bob of the famous Instagram account Bob M Track. How's it going, Bob? Pretty good. How are you this morning? Doing good, man. Ready to talk LeBron cards. Uh, so yeah. for those who don't know, Bob recently joined Instagram and he started posting his LeBron collection. And it's, I, I would just say it's the best LeBron collection I've ever seen. It's the rarest stuff that exists. Uh, so I was really excited to do this interview today. A lot of people have been asking me to, to get you on the show, Bob. So why don't you start us off and just tell us about yourself and your origin story in the hobby? Sure. Appreciate it. Yeah. So I started posting some uh, LeBron cards on Instagram probably a couple of months ago. And I was a little hesitant at the beginning to sort of start posting cards, but the feedback I got was so positive and people enjoyed it so much and seeing all the cards that I've continued to post and it's an ongoing process. I try to post some set or series every day. And so it's going to, for those watching, it's going to continue for a while. <laughs> so that's a good thing. And now I started, a lot of people asked me when I began collecting LeBron and I started collecting LeBron from day one. And I wasn't like a huge card collector prior to that, but I collected cards. And when that occurred, I saw really three things were occurring in the hobby. One, that all of a sudden the card companies weren't going to flood the market with cards, uh, which we had seen in the prior 10 years, but instead they started serial numbering the, numbering the cards. So there was gonna be a limit to a lot of the cards that were produced and you were gonna know how many of those cards existed. Two, uh, grading was really coming into the forefront and that changed the market in that you knew what you were buying if you were buying a graded card and it added legitimacy to it and it made it an easier market to buy and sell cards because you knew the condition. And then three, um, I just saw the LeBron seem like the real deal. I mean, you could tell he had his head on his shoulders. He wasn't one of these athletes that we read about that sort of blows up their career or does something you know, stupid, but you could tell he was focused. He had his head on his shoulders and he was going to be dedicated on top of being an unbelievable talent. And so from the very beginning, when his cards started coming out, um, I started buying them. And it wasn't my original intent to own every single rookie card. I started out to own the nicer ones, but as you know, it sort of snowballs from there. And pretty soon I had all the tops chrome. And then I said, okay, well, let me buy the inspirations. And then I got those and yeah, it kind of snowballed from there. So Early on, you know, probably with the first three to four years, I tried to buy every one of his rookie cards in the highest BGS grade that existed. And then, um, you know, years after that, then it's like, okay, I've not buy many rookie cards I don't have already. So let me start buying the 2004 stuff and then the 2005 stuff. And it kind of went from there. I was a little disappointed when Topps lost the license. And initially I sort of was adverse to buy Panini, but then I jumped on board and started buying that. And so you know, as a collector, it's fun. It's a hobby. You do what you like. And so I just continued to add to the collection as time went by. And uh, that's sort of where I've, I've gotten where I'm at. And I will tell you probably 90, 95% of my collection is LeBron. And so I went all in on LeBron from day one. And that's how I was able to accumulate the collection I have now. And you look at a lot of those one-on-ones that I have, I bought those the year they came out pretty much. And so when they would hit eBay, I would bid on them and and try to buy them from the beginning. So, um, you know, the one of those is the 2003 Topps Finest Gold uh, X Fractor 101. Um, I bought that back in uh, 2003 or four when it first came out. And uh, you know, back then people thought the price I paid was a high price. And um, but I wanted to make sure I, I wanted the one on ones and uh, 
pay that price. And today, in hindsight, it looks pretty good. So that's kind of I'm I'm shocked at some of the prices today. I mean, I didn't buy any of these cards expecting that in 18 years that we would right. see the market that we see today. It's just been incredible. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like when you were buying back then, what was sort of the feeling around people that knew you or did they think you were crazy? Like just kind of like buying everything? Because today you look like a genius, right? But back then, you know, if we hindsight's 2020, but back then I'm assuming you probably got some criticism or flack for like just buying everything, right? A little, not a whole lot, but you know, I think one of the um, people on Instagram, exquisite collector who I know, uh, when I started yeah. posting cards, he put up a comment that, look, if you know who this guy is on eBay, when you can see eBay names back in the day, he said, if you saw him bidding on a card, you knew you weren't going to win. And that was true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you know, and, and that Turner and I are good friends and he knows that, you know, there are a lot of cards when I bid, he didn't win. <laughs> so, you know, it was, I was, I was bidding high dollars to get these cards, you know, the one-on-ones. Yeah, they, I bought them for probably a tenth of what I was bidding because I was bidding high to make sure I got them. And then it was probably more criticism probably about six, seven, eight years ago when I was continuing to buy some of these cards. And I remember I paid a lot then for one of his rookie cards. It was graded a BGS nine and a half. And somebody messaged me and said, pathetic. In other words, it was pathetic that I paid the price I paid. Well, now six, seven, eight years later, however long it is, that card's worth five, ten times what I paid then. So I didn't really get flack early in his rookie years, you know, 2003, four or five, I just bid on him and it wasn't crazy prices then, but I would say some of the flack I got was sort of in this interim period, probably five, six, seven, eight years ago, just when the prices are starting to move up. And then people thought some of these prices were crazy, but then today they're looking back and saying, no, that in hindsight today is not so crazy. So are you still buying stuff today? Cause you have like modern Panini one-on-one stuff that like, I knew existed, but I just didn't know where it was. And then it's like, oh my gosh, Bob has literally all of them. How, how are you How are you still getting like these modern Panini one-on-ones? That's what's blown my mind. Because I can understand 2003, it's you and a few guys and you're just outbidding. But like in today's market, one, it's like hard to find that stuff. And then two, you're, yeah. the competition is so much higher. So are you, are you just like raising your floor of what you're bidding on all this stuff today? I mean, again, most of these I bought in the year that they came out. And I will tell you probably 98% of what I have, I bought on eBay. Um, I mean, I, until recently I was working so many hours and so hard and traveling so much. I've been in my entire life, I've been the one national show because that's all the time I've had to go to one. Um, and I'm not, you know, I just joined Instagram. So most of my, the vast majority of my purchases have been on eBay. And I just was the highest bidder when they came out and, um, a lot of these cards I would I got graded myself, but there for a while, I think, you know, 2014, 15, 16, 17, what happened was I was working so much and traveling so much that a lot of these sets I bought two, three, four versions of stuff like the gold or the ones out of 10 or 15 or 25. And then it was just a year and a half ago that I sent them all in to be graded. And so now, you know, some of these like 14, 15, 16, I've got two, three, four versions that are now nine fives of the gold or the, or the tie dye out of 25 or whatever. And I'm sitting here saying, wow, that was, you know, lucky in a sense that I knew then I didn't have time to send them in to be graded, but someday I would. And it was rare that graded versions would pop up. So I just figured, you know, I'll buy three of these and hopefully one of them will grade a, a nine and a half. Well, because I was buying them on eBay from people that had just pulled them from a pack, most of them graded a nine five. So, you know, to your question, how did I pick them up? I just, you know, 
I saw them just like anybody else that was watching eBay would have seen them. And I bought them, you know, the 14, 15 101s I bought in 2015. Well, I think people probably see your account and just like the majority of people in the hobby today have, have come into the hobby, you know, recently in the last year, five, a couple of years. And so mm-hmm. they see your account and they're like, oh, here's just, you know, a rich investor guy that's just buying up everything. But that's like the opposite. It's just like, you've just, been, you've just been doing it for so, so long and you've yeah. just been putting in the effort and you've just been on eBay. Like, it's just a, it's just a grind, right? This isn't like, there's no shortcuts to get what you have. No. And, and I, you know, was talking to somebody else in the hobby recently. And I said, look, I haven't bought a lot over the last three months. And they said two things. They said, well, one, you've got enough stuff, so don't worry about it. <laughs> and then it's just that some of these prices are just, have gotten crazy. And I'm not, you know, I'm not somebody that's going to pay crazy prices. And maybe they're crazy, maybe they're not. We'll see in five, 10 years. And, you know, there was a one-on-one recently that I really liked. And I didn't win it because it sold for $35,000. You know, was that a mistake or not? I don't know. I liked the card a lot. I wasn't willing to pay 35,000 in five, 10 years. Am I going to regret it? I don't know. And maybe I should get, go back to being aggressive. But the thing is the, all my collection is, was bought at fraction of the prices that these things are trading for now. So sometimes it's sort of hard to say, okay, now I'm going to step up and pay 10 times or 20 times what I was paying for these cards five, 10, 15 years ago. And, and so that's sort of where we are. Yeah. The thing I want to kind of get across to people is like your, your kind of like love of the cards and in sort of like a, a disconnected way of what they're worth. Because like, I mean, the reality is, dude, you could sell what you have and just, you know, be set for life. Your, your grandkids will be set for life at this point and yep. you don't sell it and you say everything's not for sale. So what, what is it about the cards and like sort of this journey you've been on for, for all these years? Like, what is it about this stuff that just has you so connected to it? I mean, I like LeBron um, I love the cards and I like having, I focused on LeBron because I wanted to have the best LeBron collection And and initially it was just to have all the rookie cards and then I continued to buy, but it's sort of fun. It, it's just, it's a hobby and it's a nice distraction. And so, you know, in the job and the career that I had, I was working so much, traveling so much. You have no idea how hard I was working, the number of hours I put in and travel. And this was a nice distraction. I mean, I'd be sitting in meetings in, you know, London, waiting for the meeting to start on my iPhone, scrolling, looking through LeBron cards and boom, I, I remember one time I bought one of the 2018 optics, a really nice card as I was waiting to start a meeting, you know, sitting in an office in Los Angeles. And so, you know, I'm sitting on airplanes, scrolling through, looking for LeBron cards. It's like, it's just a nice, it was a nice fun escape. And so, you know, a lot of people have hobbies and they do different things. Look, I don't go out and drink (laughs) i don't you know i'm not hanging out in the bars i'm just you know my hobby my distraction is looking collecting lebron cards and it's just fun and you know as in my wife encourages me and uh you know because she knows i have fun and i like it and it's it's just been a nice fun hobby and uh you know initially was i doing it saying okay i'm going to someday sell this and make money no i was hoping that someday i wouldn't lose money that it would hold its value, but it was more that it was fun putting the sets together and collecting them. And like I said, now I'm just astounded at the prices these cards go for. And I'm not, I have no intention of selling them because it's my collection, my hobby. And, you know, what am I going to do if I sell all my LeBron cards? I'm not going to go start collecting somebody else. Um, and I don't need to sell them. And, um, you know, someday maybe I'll 
pass them on to my kids or grandkids. We'll see what happens. But right now it's just, it's fun having the collection and knowing that I've got it. And look, I continue to buy stuff that I like. Um, you know, I, I didn't do this year's prisms cause I didn't like the card and it was the year before that certain sets came out that were the first ones in his Lakers uniform. So I put together the entire 2000 optics set, but I just buy what I like that will be fun that I think I, I like putting full sets, the full rainbow sets together of things. And so that's sort of what I've focused on post his rookie card year. And, and it's just, it's something fun. I get up every day. I'm, I'm scrolling through eBay, looking to see if there's anything I like that I want or need. Yeah, it's just it's very refreshing because I'm sure you've seen like the current state of the hobby. There's there's a lot of like greed and people trying to just make it an investment. And to hear someone that has the best LeBron collection say that like this was never an investment strategy. It's just you're just doing it because you love it. I think it's my point is that like if you want to build something like this, it's got to be rooted in like passion and like actual joy of what you're doing, as opposed to like I don't want to do this to make money. It's just, it's just there's no shortcut to get to where you're at. So. I really appreciate hearing that whole story. Um, did you have any other comments on that? No, I, I do worry today. Some of the prices these some of these cards are going for, and you look at yeah. a lot of rookies. They're you know people are paying LeBron almost LeBron type prices for a lot of rookie cards that are one of ones or logomans. And look, not all these rookies are going to pan out. And I just worry that yeah, at some point somebody's going to you know one of these big stars is not going to pan out or get hurt or, or something's going to happen. And those cards aren't going to hold their value. I think there's obviously far more risk in making bets on the sort of bets people are making on new guys out there that they're making today, but you know, we'll see. Uh, I think a lot of people are paying big prices looking at it as an investment rather than just as a hobby and buying what they like. And like you said, my whole goal from the beginning was just to have fun and try and put the sets together. It was never, I never looked at this as, okay, this is an investment. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, so then that kind of bleeds into my next question. What do you, what do you, what are your thoughts just kind of on the current state of the hobby? Did you ever, did you ever think we'd get to this point where prices are so insane? Does it make you, you know, happy that your, your choices have been kind of validated or are you mad because prices are higher and you can't buy as much stuff? Like what, where are you at with the current state of things and and your, Uh, your view on that? um, I'm probably 90% feel lucky. (laughs) and probably 10 percent every now and then i'm a little frustrated that maybe there's a car that's so expensive that i just can't you know afford it or i could have bought something at one point now all of a sudden when i could have bought it a year or two ago it's worth four or five times now um yeah so you know it's it's mostly i'm happy and feel lucky that i have a collection that's worth a lot more than what i put into it and paid for it um and like I said, I haven't bought a lot lately, but that's just because I buy what I like. And uh, I've got most of the, the rookie stuff, so there's not a lot that I'm trying to buy to upgrade, say. You know, maybe I, every now and then someone will come up that I've got a BGS9 and a BGS95 will come up. And in that case, maybe I'll buy the BGS95 and sell the BGS9 to kind of offset the cost. But, um, you know, they come in here, and again, some of these rookie cards, the prices people are paying, it's just, I mean, I kind of picked my spot. It was LeBron. I'm not out there today chasing Zion or Morant or any of these other players. I think they're very good players, but some of the prices people are paying. I've got I've got my investment in LeBron. I, that's where I put made my bets. I can't collect everybody. I can't collect every card. So where I continue to place my bets is LeBron. So if I'm buying stuff, again, 90% of what I buy 
is LeBron because that's what I focus on. And uh, yeah. I have bought some Giannis and, you know, some Kyrie, but for the most part, again, 90% of what I'm doing is just adding to my LeBron collection because I want to have the best LeBron collection. And so that's, I don't have infinite dollars. So the dollars I'm willing to spend, that's where they go. Sure. Well, you're talking to uh, one of the biggest LeBron fans in modern day LeBron collectors. I got my LeBron <laughs> silhouette shirt today right. to represent for this interview. So uh, why, yeah. why don't you talk about LeBron then? Why don't you talk about just like him as a, as a player, as a, you're obviously a fan of his, uh, yep. maybe as a person, like what, what do you enjoy about LeBron and what gives you joy collecting him? Um, that he, he is focused and he wants to be the best and he takes care of his body. You know, it, it's amazing the focus and discipline he has to stay in shape, to get his rest, to stay at a peak athletic level. Now, again, he's got an unbelievable talent uh, that most people don't have, but I admire the fact, and look, I'm an athlete, was an athlete in college, and I can respect and admire somebody who has that sort of focus and discipline to try and stay at the peak of their game and not let their guard down or, or get lazy. And look, after 18 years, to still have that focus, to still dedicate 100% of the time to stay in shape and not say, well, one day I'm just going to take a day off and go you know, play golf or something. It's amazing the dedication and focus he has and the love of the game that he has to be able to understand the game and play the way he plays. And he's unselfish. And like last week, I think it was – was at Boston they were playing that the guys on the Boston team said he was calling out their plays before they executed them. He had watched the enough Bulls. game film and studied them enough that he knew what the play was that was coming. I mean, that's incredible <laughs> that not only does he stay in top physical shape, but mentally he's studying the game every day and he's on top of it. He knows what the other team's going to do. And he's unselfish in that he has no problem letting Anthony Davis be the high score in a game if they're going to win, you know, and he's, he sort of migrated his game over time to where he's doing more assists and giving more of the responsibility to other players. Cause at the end of the day, his mindset is let's win. And I don't have to be the ball hog or whatever. I understand the game well enough that I know how to share and be a team player so that we can win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh I mean, you, you obviously like probably didn't predict that LeBron would be this good when you started collecting, but it is kind of nice that you kind of got this, you know, this, uh, this gut feeling about him back then you started collecting and he's, he's turned out to be, I mean, he's, he probably had the highest expectations of any athlete in history and he's exceeded them. It's, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's, it is incredible. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the next three to four years because I think he's going to continue to play and I, what I'm looking forward to what I think he's going to do. He's going to play until he can play on a team with his son which is going to be incredible so if he still plays at the level or close to level he's playing at today in three or four years he'll have all the scoring records and he'll be in the yep. top five or ten in assists and he'll be in the top 30 or 20 in rebounds it's just incredible the statistics he'll have at the end of his career yeah and i was talking to some friends he could just turn into carl malone at the end of his career and just go to a post-up game shoot he's got a, mm -hmm. he's improved his three-point shooting like he doesn't have to be this you know, freak athlete at the end of his career, he can just go into a post-up game if he wants. Right. The future is now. Card Ladder is the fastest growing sports card app on the market. The best tools to help you track your cards, watch the trends, stay informed, compare cards, and track the growth of your personal collection. All in one simple and intuitive platform. 
Join the innovators, not the imitators. The best sports card app on the market. A stock market for sports cards. Card Ladder. Um, I kind of wanted to give people just like a, a taste of like what you have. And because I, I know LeBron cards really well. And I, I think it's, you know, it's, you show people the exquisite RPA rookies, you show them the, the tops Chrome rookie, you show them the Panini one of one black prism stuff. Um, but I just, I really like some of that, like 2004 to 2009 type stuff that you have, like the one of one mm-hmm. super fractors, the tops Chrome super fractors, the finest super fractors. Where does that stuff stand sort of in your, I don't know, your, your ranking of cards that mean the most to you that, that one of one kind of because you said like you were a little worried about panini so what are you where do you stand on that kind of stuff um well i love the one-on-ones and so i'm like i said i'm continuing to post cards every day and the exquisite cards are coming you'll see every exquisite card that exists <laughs> so just be patient um and a lot of the one-on-ones that i put well not, i wouldn't say a lot i don't know maybe a quarter of the one-on-ones i posted at some point I'll post those again with then the entire rainbow set. So I have all of the, I don't have all the one-on-ones. I posted the one-on-ones I have with the tops Chrome, but then I have every other card of the every tops Chrome set. So I have the entire tops Chrome sets from every year. I have the entire Bowman Chrome sets from every year. Um, I made a mistake and didn't collect every year's finest set. For some reason, I just, at the time didn't focus on finance. I didn't try to buy everything every year. Um, and probably a, a lot of those Panini one-on-ones that you see, and some of those, there's two different one-on-one black versions. A lot of those, I've got the entire rainbow set, the greens, the golds, the entire rainbow sets. So at some point, like I said, I enjoy putting, one thing I like to do is rainbow sets. So if I think I can get the one-on-one, then I'll put the entire rainbow set together. And I think I've got, I don't know, 16, 18 complete rainbow sets with the one-on-ones like the the 2006 top chrome super fractor like i was I, I assumed it existed but i just didn't know and then you posted it because i have the gold of the 2006 top chrome and it's just like that's one of my favorite cards and seeing the one of one is just like god it's just so ridiculous and like the 2013 black prism both of them you know, people are so hyped on Prism. Obviously, you're aware of that. Mm-hmm. And to have like the original one of one Black Prism in both variations of the best player, it's just like what? You know, it's like, some of us are having a hard time with this, man. And and you're you're, you're too calm then, about nobody, it. Nobody back then was chasing. So I know. You know what I bought them for is a fraction of what they would sell for today. You know, I I, I have made you know mistakes. Um, so the one one I tell people about, you probably recently saw the 2004 2005 tops chrome one-on-one super fractor sale in heritage auctions for 720,000 i think yeah a guy had that listed in 2004 for three thousand dollars and i kept trying to buy it i kept going back and forth i said no today that card's only worth 500 and it, then it was that probably would have been the price it would have sold for had it just gone into regular auction but he wanted three thousand and then it was a psa 9 it wasn't a psa 10 then and um you know, I kept trying to get him to come down on the price. And then all of a sudden he just took it off eBay and I never saw it again until it sold in, you know, the heritage auction. But the fact is I should have just stood up and bought it for 3000 then that was to buy it now price. He wouldn't come off of it. And I was trying to get it better, but I didn't get it. So that's one I missed that I kind of look back and say, darn, I wish I just, in hindsight, I should have just bought it for 3000. But the truth of the matter was 
I knew what the market was then, and I didn't think that card was worth more than 500. But he was smarter than me because he held on to it and sold it for $720,000 later. Um, and so most of those, yeah. those, like the Super Fractor, you mentioned the 2006 and the 2009 and the 2000, some of those others, 2007, all those I bought on eBay when somebody pulled them and posted them and then got them graded myself. It's just so much different. Like the hobby back then to today, just what you're describing, you know, $3,000 for a super factor to 700. It's just like, did you ever think we'd get to this point where it's just like, literally everything is like 200 X from when you bought? Oh no, no, I would not in my wildest dreams would I've ever imagined that the market would have gotten to where it is today. And there are some stuff that I did, you know, I've sold early on. I got a duplicator. I upgraded and sold one to somebody and, you know, in hindsight, I wish I'd never sold anything, but, you know, there's one big collector out there that has probably a dozen cards that I sold him back in the day. And, uh, you know, it's great. It's, he's got them in his collection, but in hindsight, they were all duplicates that I had and I should have held on to them. But who knew that? Cause I didn't have any idea. Had I known that they were going to be worth 50, 100, 200 times what I was, you know, selling a duplicate up for then or high grading for then I would have never sold them. Yep. You would have taken out a second mortgage on your house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. What What are you missing? Like, is there something that you're like, man, I just really want that card. And if it ever comes up, I'm going to pay whatever it takes. Is there anything like that, that that's left? Um, you know, there are a couple, you know, there's one year of the finest. I don't have the gold. And it, again, it's an interesting back in February or March, I think it was last year when the stock market was crashing and at the peak of the pandemic and everybody was worried about what was going to happen. I was barely outbid on the, I think it's the 2006 finest gold. And in hindsight, I should have bought it because now it's going to, if it ever comes up, it's going to cost me a lot more, two or three times what I could have bought it for then. But I need that one because I've got one of one and the one out of 25 and the one out of every one, but the gold out of 50. So to make that rainbow said, yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking for that. Am I going to pay a crazy price or something? No. Um, you know, there's some, you know, is there anything specific I'm chasing? I mean, um, one of the, one of the guys on IG has the chalk, uh, chalk toss one-on-one, which he'll never sell. So I'll never have that tops Chrome one-on-one. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. I mean, I can't have everything, <laughs> but, uh, you know, which one's the 2006 I'm like blanking on the 2006. What is that one? Um, it's the one where I know it's hard to describe. It's kind of got, you know, a curved edges, the curved edges on the side. It's the one that I've got the 101 framed X-Fractor 101 of that year. Mm, okay. I think it's the 2006. And then, um, you know, there's, I think there's one of the Panini years where I didn't, I wasn't crazy about the picture. So I missed picking up the gold version of that. And then later I got the 101 and it's like, okay, now I got the 101. Let me put the rainbow set together. And then all of a sudden now I've got all of them, but the gold one uh, out of 10. So you know, there's certain cards here and there that I don't have. There are certain, there's, I've got a list of like 10 or 12 of his rookie cards that I don't have in a BGS 9.5. I've got in a BGS 9. But out of 400 rookie cards, there's 10 that I don't have in the highest grade. Um, I don't know. I've got a list of stuff I'm looking for, but it's a very short list. If it comes up, it comes up. If it doesn't, it doesn't. The 2003 finest gold X-Fractor, serial numbered one of one. Yep. is it's just a ridiculous card that's my favorite card ever produced ever any player set whatever because i spent 
I have the gold. I spent years trying to get the gold Sweet. and you yeah. know, that's just, just such a great card. What, what is your favorite card that you own? Um, I think that's probably my favorite because really? you know, it is a one of one from his rookie year. Um, and uh, probably that one. And then the other one is I've got the 2003 exquisite numbers piece, number 23 out of 23 graded to the BGS 95. <laughs> Which you can see my face, right? I bought that in 2004. <laughs> And I, people thought I paid a crazy price for it, but I bought it from a guy in Florida who flew up to New York to hand deliver it to me and I paid him cash. And it was a lot of cash at the time, but now it's like, you know, it's, it's worth 20 times what I paid for it. But that's probably, and I'll post that one at some point. That's probably my second favorite one. Um, yeah, those are probably my two favorite ones. And then of course, you know, the, the RPA out of 99, I've got a, a 95 for that too. Right. I mean, man, I just, uh, it's crazy. I'm just, I'm basically just like fanboying on you right now. So I hope you don't think I'm, you know, some creepy guy that just interviewed you just to <laughs> drool over your cards, but that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, back then I was, I was paying high dollar, but I stuff I wanted, I paid high dollar for. And then I think, you know, when I paid, when I paid for the exquisite number pieces, was I nervous? Yeah. Cause it was a lot of money and you know, I liked the card and it wasn't like, okay, someday I'm going to sell this for four times, 20 times. No, it was like, okay, hopefully he doesn't crash and burn and I lose my money on it, but it's a great card. I like it. I'm going to pay this for it. Were you nervous during the Miami years or like maybe not the Miami years, but like after that first year in Miami, he still didn't have a championship. You have all this stuff. You spent all this money and like the, the general public's kind of cooling on him a little bit. I wasn't super nervous, but I actually, it was an opportunity. I bought some cards that came down in price then. It's uh, amazing. I mean, I was, I was, I remember when the decision happened. I was actually between meetings in Tokyo, Japan, and then it came over the news that he was going to Miami. I'm like, oh no, what's going to happen now? But um, it, it was a little nervous, but not completely because I, you know, the cards came down a little bit. And I, I continued to buy, but I knew he was a great talent, and I was just, I never considered selling or getting out. I just said, okay. We'll hold on and see what happens. Sure. I mean, it's just, you, that's just a collector answer. Yeah. It made prices go down. So I bought more. I'm not, it's like <laughs> most people would like panic sell or, you know, their, their investment's going to go down. So they freak out, but collectors, their mindset is just like, yeah, this is good. Now I can buy more. <laughs> yeah. Um, and during his working other... year, I, I did buy a bunch of Carmelo at the time, but within two to three years, I blew out of all the Carmelo. So, you know, I was buying some Carmelo as a backstop, not a lot, but then I sold everything Carmelo within two to three years and continued to focus on LeBron. Yeah. Well, I really like that you, you kind of pointed out that you feel 90% lucky. And, uh, you know, I think that humility goes a long way in, you know, you as a person and what you've built as a collection and, and, uh, you know, as a one LeBron collector to another, I just, uh, appreciate what you've built and I know how hard it is and it's just, it's incredibly impressive and, you know, hats off to you for, for all the hard work. And, you know, you deserve to take a victory lap, man. You should be posting everything you got. Take your victory lap. Uh, you know, people are posting crazy rookies that have one good game and they're, and they're going nuts and you've got, you know, 18 years of equity built up and, and just like an amazing collection. So, uh, you know, appreciate you sharing it with everybody on Instagram. It's, it's been amazing. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's the biggest satisfaction is it's been fun. I mean, it's been fun collecting and seeing him do well and see the cards go up. And at this point, like I said, feeling lucky that I bought what I bought when I did. Um, 
you know, and it's the biggest thing is it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. It's been fun watching the price go up and, you know, it's like I said on Instagram, my original intent was not to post all these cards, but when I see the comments and people appreciate it and they like seeing them and everything, it encourages me to continue to post it because people do enjoy it. They get satisfaction out of it. And it makes me feel good that people enjoy seeing the collection and seeing those cards. It's a lot of fun. Totally, man. Um, there's probably a lot of people, maybe kids watching that they have their favorite player. That's kind of their, you know, that's LeBron to them for this. What advice would you have to someone like that, that wants to, that wants to try to replicate what you've done with maybe their favorite player. Who's a younger guy. What, what kind of advice do you have for that person? Just buy what you like and what you have fun with. Don't worry. Don't spend money you don't have, but if you've got the money, it's a hobby and just buy what you like and have fun with it. And don't worry about the price going up or down or whatever. You're just buying what you enjoy that you can put away and someday pull out and look at and say, wow, this is, I remember buying this card and you know, this is what he did or didn't do in his career, but it was fun. And if you're in this hobby, you do it because you enjoy it. You have passion for it and it's fun and you buy what you like. You know, like I said before, I don't buy everything. I buy what I like. And, you know, it's uh, one example that I always tell my wife that, you know, if you want to consider it a mistake, I didn't put the whole 2004, 2005 finest set together when I could have. Why? I didn't like the card, (laughs) you know, which tells you back then I wasn't looking at it purely as an investment because I didn't buy that was the one where he's got the face mask on after he broke his nose and everything. And, and I just didn't like the look of the card. So I didn't buy the 2004 or five finest in hindsight. That was a big mistake. I got the one of ones, but I could have put the rainbow set it together at one point. And honestly, one card I did sell, I had the gold X fractor number three out of five that I sent in myself and got graded to BGS 10 and sold. Cause I didn't like the card. <laughs> and now that card is worth, hundred times what I have, 200 times what I sold it for, but okay. So I made a mistake, but it was the point being is because I was buying what I liked. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would tell kids today, buy what you like, what you have fun with, what you enjoy, what you can say 10, 20 years later, pull out of a box and say, yeah, it brings back memories. Cause I remember watching this player and enjoying collecting the cards and buying the cards. And I bought it because I liked that player. I liked that card. And that's why I kept it. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of funny hearing you say, I didn't collect 2004. I mean, I have the one of one, but I didn't, you know, I don't have the rest of it. (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't have any other questions, man. If you have any final thoughts or anything you want to, you want to say like, uh, this has been awesome. So I, you know, again, I appreciate your time. If there's any last minute thing you want to, you want to get out to the people, uh, here's your chance. No, I appreciate you doing the interview and hopefully, hopefully people get encouragement and, you know, and, understand that you it's a hobby you do it for fun and enjoy it and do what you like and um you know stay tuned i'm going to be you know the way i've been pace i've been posting cards on iga i've got a long way to go so you know it's uh i'm glad that people like seeing the cards and that's why i'm doing it so people can see it and enjoy it so you know to everybody out there you know just do what you like good luck have fun you know if you've got passion for it just stick with it and enjoy it and have fun with the hobby it's a great hobby we look forward to all the cards you post every time you post something it's you know instagram kind of stops my scrolling i'm scrolling through instagram <laughs> and i stop and just like oh what did bob post this morning and it's just like oh my gosh so yeah. we, uh, we're all just we're all watching so bob m track is your instagram account i'll make sure if you're not following that account and you like sports cards i'm just not sure what you're doing so 
go follow that and we will uh we'll, we'll see what you post next man thanks for your time absolutely take care enjoy